There's not really much to this. It's it's more of a entertainment, and I'm going to play this for you live, and then I'll play it also for our audience as well. Oh, okay. Um, a couple of very enjoyable Christmas songs okay. that's from kind of like a type of genre that you don't really hear a lot. Okay. Um, so Age Rios is actually, or was at the time, I'm sure he's fucking older now because I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> so Age Rios had like a little... 12-year-old Michael Jackson-type swagger, and he came out with a super popular Christmas song called Donde Esta Santa Claus. So I'm going to send you the link, Okay. and we're going to listen to it real quick, and then I will also play it back in the episode. Cool. Mamacita Donde esta Santa Claus Donde esta Santa Claus And the toys that he will leave Mamacita Oh, where is Santa Claus? I look for him because It's Christmas Eve I know that I should be the sleepy But maybe he's not far away So out of the window I'm peeping Hoping to see him in his renamed some of those reindeer <laughs> so first off uh santa is gonna play some castanets forever yeah i caught which that. Is just a wonderful visual image yeah uh and then the second thing which you may have noticed you mentioned is that a couple of those reindeer have some new names pedro we all famously remember pedro pedro the reindeer <laughs> so age ended up not coming out with any other big hits but he did go on to have a a bit of a career in uh broadway theater but he did have one less popular song that was on the b-side of donde esta santa claus Ooh, okay and i wanted to show you that one as well because it may be it it's going for a little bit of a different tone here um and it's called old fatso This is the perfect song to follow up that other story with. (laughs) 
So don't care who you are, old fatso, get those reindeer off my roof. Yeah, dude. Age wasn't fucking playing around. Uh, what I love about Age Rios' song is like he's been presented with evidence. He's the opposite of the kid in the last story. He's been presented with <laughs> evidence that Santa Claus is real. And he's like, fuck you. Hey, fatso, get your reindeer off my roof. I don't give a yep. shit if you're real or not. He's you're fucking me. ignoring. You're, like, interrupting my sleep. Get the hell out. Um, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, man. So, anyways, that was that was Age Rios. That was a couple of his hits. Something to add to your list of uh, Christmas songs going forward. Now you don't just have Feliz Navidad as your only <laughs> Spanish song. <laughs> My dad collects Christmas music. Um, I should say that, like, my dad... Christmas is my dad's favorite time of the year. Uh, and my dad collects Christmas music that he buys not just during December or November or Christmas season, but that he buys when he sees them all year round. Um, he doesn't listen to it all year round. He's not a sociopath. But... He's so into it that he'll buy them in like June if they're on sale or something. Like like and, and he wouldn't get something always, but if something looked you. really awesome, he would fucking <laughs> I, get it. Sure, sure. Um What's the weirdest thing he ever got? Was it uh, like Ninja Turtles Christmas or something? No. I don't know but why. He, I just he actually that. has this like French he got like a, a Christmas album at Starbucks once that has um it's actually really good and it's it's like but it is really weird. It's it's the Christmas album I think of most when I think of Christmas because he we he played it for us so many, um, like this and one other album he played it for us so many years when I was a kid opening presents, and it's this uh, I forget the the name of it. It's some generic compilation. It's called like Joyful Christmas or something or but in French maybe. Um, and it's a bunch of like old school orchestral and choir songs about Christmas, and they're all in different language. They're all like French, um, and it's actually just very peaceful and good to listen to. And I guess I just like it because I have so many positive memories associated with it, like of opening presents on Christmas Eve, um, and then. That's the weird one, but the, my actual favorite Christmas album of all time is A Charlie Brown Christmas by the Vince Guaraldi Trio. Do you know A Charlie Brown Christmas? Like that I music? I know of it. Yeah. I've never seen it. You've never seen you've never seen A Charlie Brown Christmas? Nope. All right, I'll let me actually backtrack and ask you this. How big does is Christmas to your family? Uh, I think it's decently big or at least it was when i was growing up when i was young did you guys do a tree every year oh yeah big time yeah big time sometimes too big nice did you do real trees or did you do fake trees we did real trees we would always go down to like this one specific area and like get a tree and i have this very specific memory of one year my dad getting a tree that was way too fucking big Um, oh, can I, can I quickly another thing I remember is that my dad, cause you know, like the pine needles that would yeah. fall off the trees. Of course. Um, my dad, we lived on the second floor of this apartment, um, in Park Slope. And after Christmas would roll around in January, when he would get rid of the tree, 
he didn't like having to carry the tree down the stairs and getting pine needles everywhere on the carpet. <laughs> so what he would do in this fucking Park Slope, Brooklyn, on just the main avenue. I remember he where you used to live. He would shove the tree through the window no. and just throw it out the fucking window of the no. floor of the apartment. No. Onto the street. No. It looked ridiculous. <laughs> and, 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 like, pedestrians would see it and be like, what? Christmas. Fuck you. Just... <laughs> yeah, we did things differently in the Nelson household. <laughs> oh, that's, man. That's awesome. I think your dad and my dad would get along. That's the kind of shit my dad would have done. Like, and my mom would be like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, horrified. Yeah. yeah what'd you do that for? <laughs> Just oh, carry it downstairs. Um,. But, yeah, I mean, to my dad especially, music was very important. And the a Charlie Brown Christmas is great. You should watch A Charlie Brown Christmas. It's it's up there. That was actually something I wanted to talk about next is, like, Christmas movies. Because Christmas music is a huge part of the tradition for me um, and my family. Before we move on, are there any Christmas songs that are, like, big in, in the Nelson household? Oh, or? 100%. So there's this one Christmas album. Um, it's the Jackson Five Christmas album. Nice, and it it fucking slaps, my dude. You gotta you gotta listen to it sometime. Yeah, especially if your dad collects them. Yeah, I don't know how he feels about uh, Michael Jackson or the Jackson Five, but like those songs are so popping. And nice. we had a tradition of like playing that album, or I, I think it was even a cassette. Um, yeah, playing that cassette and like decorating the Christmas tree every year. That's awesome. So yeah, I guess there were some traditions going on. I think um, I've heard maybe one or two songs off that album, but I definitely want to listen to it. Um, it's funny that you mentioned that because, like, I feel like a lot of great pop music musicians had done a good Christmas album. Like, and one year there was this, like, my dad has always wanted to make playlists, and he just doesn't know how to make them. Um, he refuses to learn how to make a playlist. And back when I was in like middle school or high school, I made a playlist for my dad where I like took a bunch of his CDs and took the music off of them. Um, and we were supposed to make it together, but he got sick. So it was me making it. And I made this like Christmas album that was a playlist of stuff from all of his different CDs. And I, I kind of put it together. Um, and like, uh, the Partridge family, like, uh, all sorts of, uh, the Carpenters rather the Carpenters, um, and like fucking John Lennon, Paul McCartney, like all sorts of pop music musicians have done Christmas songs. Uh, Bing Crosby, Nat King Cole, like I had all these really great um, songs on there, and and my dad still listens to it, but he did never figure out how to make a playlist like that was going to be my one chance to show him and he got sick <laughs> that so, one opening i mean like i still i have showed him after the fact but i think like he would have needed to be there for the entire like hours that that took in order to get it and he just hasn't put it together also he is like my parents in many other respects just refuses to like try on his own and learn like, he just assumes that I'll know better when it has to do with technology and is like, 
you tell us. And it's like, no. <laughs> oh, man. Did you hear about the Christmas truce in World War One? Oh, I actually was going to talk about the Christmas truce, so I researched it. So we can both talk about it, maybe. Word. Okay. Yeah, man. I actually thought this was a, a really fun story. I mean, there's not really a, a lot to it other than just, like, people kind of respecting life and respecting each other. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we can kind of go back and forth on this. But cool. essentially, World War One. the year was 1914, and it was uh, Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. And there were different uh, troops out laid over on the battlefield in Belgium. Uh, it was French troops, British troops, German troops. And they all basically decided to lay down their arms for one night and just kind of get together in the middle of the field and, like, play some games and, like, kind of just have a night off for for Christmas from killing each other, which is such a crazy concept to think about. Yeah. But they actually did it. And and they did a lot of different stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there was accounts of, like, they even got, like, a soccer game going. They did. They were, like, playing cards. There was this commercial that I saw as a kid that kind of put me onto this where they actually depict the beginning of this happening. The truth is this was not top down and the generals hated yeah, it. Right. Um, this was entirely from the bottom up. It was men on the ground and officers, some officers on the ground um, approving of this kind of a truce. Um, and it started in one of the most famous instances with singing where the Germans started singing their, uh, anthem like they started singing Silent Night and the the account that I said that I saw said Is that, that what happened man I thought they were singing Donde Esta Santa Claus oh maybe that was a different part of the line Anyways. With, the, with the Mexican army <laughs> <laughs> you know in World War One. we all know this so yeah come on man it was Silent Night and the account that I, I saw said it actually began as a bit of a competition between the Germans and the British Oh, that, is that, right? that the Germans, yeah, this sort of, it began spontaneously in many different places along the front lines, primarily between the British and the German troops. So um, in one area, the Germans started singing Silent Nacht, you know, like Silent Night. And the British started singing Silent Night back louder, and they kind of went back and forth. But after a little while, they just both started to singing carols together. And for, that progressed into, you know, some spontaneous, like, people, like, little by little. Because if you think about it, and I just want to pause before we move on, the 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 sheer bravery and kind of insanity needed to, in the middle of a war, even if it is Christmas, step up out of the trenches and wave to the other side and say, hey, don't kill me, I'm going to come out. Like, and we can hang out, it's Christmas. The bravery on both sides needed to, A, do that, and then, B, to reciprocate is really insane if you think about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and also just, like, the idea that you could be, like, killing each other the very next day, like, within hours. Um, I, I think it's, like, almost an example of both, like, ends of the spectrum here. Like, both mm-hmm. the disassociation you can have in war of being, like, all right, uh, pause killing each other like let's let's hang out for a minute but also the humanity in it of of still saying you know like there's still people and we can still enjoy our time together like imagine having to have both those frames of mind when you're in a state of war sure i mean it is it is the reason why the generals were so upset about it because 
it was an example of the human spirit winning out over the interests that led to the war. And it was men on the ground realizing, wait a minute, I have a lot in common with these people I'm fighting with. Um, there was an account of two officers having a conversation, a British and a German officer, and the German officer was explaining that we are fighting for a freedom, the Germans. And the British officer said, well, that can't be possible. We're fighting for freedom. Um, and so they were starting to like basically communicate and beginning to learn that you know, maybe the rhetoric that led them into war was not entirely true, which, of course, it wasn't. Um, another really interesting thing is that, like, they exchanged gifts. They sang. Um, it's a little bit darker, though, than I anticipated, because when I looked into it, when Christmas Day came, they had already, most of the areas had arranged truce. Um, there were some areas that continued fighting, but they were actually, like, very minimal. Um, but as you would expect, at nighttime when the men were interacting on Christmas Eve, it was dark, and they were stepping into no man's land in the dark. In the sunshine, it was impossible to ignore the bodies that were laying out in no man's land. And so the first thing that they did was bury their dead. And they actually, some of them held joint services, the British and the Germans, together to bury their dead and, like, mourn together. This is a very profound thing that was happening on the ground, if you think about it. Like, it really was kind of a Christmas miracle, you know? For, like, it, it, it certainly shows the promise of Christmas at its best, I think, to me. Right. Unfortunately, it would never happen again. They put the no. kibosh on that. It was, like, no. a one-time-only event. It absolutely was. Um uh, a few other things before we move on. Uh, the Germans put out little Christmas trees with candles on them on the front lines. Um, Where do you think they got those? No idea. Yeah, I was wondering that as well. It's like, hmm. Like, did they always have those? or Maybe. Maybe they were just trees? Just maybe, in, like, like, behind the trenches, there were still trees around, you know? Yeah. Um, like, on their side of the trench. But... Uh, yeah, it's just they had a feast, many of them. Um, before we move on past it, uh, for many, the fighting resumed the day after Christmas. There were some areas of the line where the two sides managed to keep the truce going up until, like, December 31st, up until the new year. Um, so that explains why the brass was so upset with it, because it threatened the whole war. Um, as a result, the next year... Uh, the British, like, they both sides put in measures in place to make sure fighting would continue through Christmas Eve. Um, the British ordered a 24-hour artillery bombardment um, to make sure that there would be no... Keep them busy. Yeah, keep the men busy and make sure that there'd be no goodwill towards a truce on the other side. Um, and the guy that I was listening to made a good point, which is that by that point, by 1915... It would never have happened anyway because there'd just been too much bloodshed. There'd been like chemical attacks, and any man who'd been there for a whole year and a half, like two years at that point, would basically have no desire to fraternize with the enemy after like seeing many of their friends get killed. Um, but that one December night, like that one December night, it, it war stopped. 
Christmas. It's pretty cool. No, it's a it's a great story, but it's also very melancholy when you read into it. It is beautiful and very sad at the same time. I really like Christmas It's sentimental, I know But I just really like it I am hardly religious I'd rather break bread with Dawkins than Desmond Tutu, to be honest. And yes, I have all of the usual objections to consumerism, to the commercialization of an ancient religion, to the westernization of a dead Palestinian press ganged into selling PlayStations and beer. But I still really like it I'm looking forward to Christmas Though I'm not expecting A visit from Jesus I'll be seeing my dad my brother and sisters, my gran and my mum They'll be drinking white wine in the sun I don't go in for ancient wisdom I don't believe just cause ideas are tenacious It means that they're worthy I get freaked out by churches Some of the hymns that they sing have nice chords But the lyrics are dodgy and yes, I have all of the usual objections To the miseducation of children Who in tax-exempt institutions Are taught to externalize blame And to feel ashamed And to judge things as plain right or wrong But I quite like the songs Expecting big presents The old combination of socks, jocks and chocolates Is just fine by me Cause I'll be seeing my dad My brother and sisters, my gran and my mum They'll be drinking white wine in the sun I'll be seeing my dad My brother and sisters, my gran and my mum They'll be drinking white wine in the sun And you, my baby girl my So that is uh, White Wine in the Sun by Tim Minchin And I think it's really beautiful 
It's uh, it sort of sums up what Christmas means to me as like an adult. You know, it's not about the religion of it or the presents. It's about the people and the traditions and like what that means and family and you know celebrating family and friends at a time when it's um it's really dark out you know Uh, one of the things that i was gonna talk about if we'd had time is the origins of christmas and how it relates to this roman holiday of saturnalia um and we don't have time but the point that i only bring it up to say that like people have been celebrating around this time of year for thousands of years before Christianity even existed. Um, There's something innate almost about wanting to celebrate with a party or a festival or a gathering or a feast around the winter solstice and around this time of year when things are darkest. Um, And so it's really special. It's a special time of year, I think, um, to me. And that's kind of it all it's all in that song which is why i wanted to share it with you no i think that was a i think that was a really dope song um i think it's it certainly hits hard it's definitely heavy on the sentimental it's even you know in the Mm. uh in the description of what you sent me yeah um but no it's really good i mean it's it's like exactly what you were saying that there's like there's an aspirational nature to like spending this time of year in the comfort of family and even just like the simple things like watching people drink wine and hang out with each other um, and comparing it to like kind of all these things we've talked about like we have all these like kind of fond rituals that we can easily call up whether it's like within our family even like the kind of the more dark and weird stuff like there is something funny about you know soldiers on a battlefield you know stopping for a day to like play soccer or like Dustin Diamond thinking that he was cool with a stranger and tried to ice him. Like it's, it's a very bizarre world of Christmas. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It kind of it, it kind of sums up all of, all of those sentiments really nicely. Um, so yeah, man, I like it. Thanks, thanks for sharing that. Oh yeah, um, of course. I'm I'm glad you liked it. It's been a crazy year, man. We started this in January, and uh, here we are doing our our christmas episode now it's pretty cool man yeah uh it's it's extremely cool all right man well where can they send the emails to give them the email address info at mouthsoundspodcast.com all right man I, I think that's gonna do it what an like i really enjoyed telling christmas stories with you thank you for I know that I'm a lot more enthusiastic about Christmas than you are, I think, but I really appreciate being able to talk about uh, these Christmas tales with oh, you. Oh, it, it warms my heart, man. Now, these were some these were some good stories, giving me a lot to think about. Yeah. Um, also, talk about a war on Christmas, man. We, we definitely came at Santa pretty hard. Dude, yeah. Um, but also, like, we we should be careful because we didn't say happy holidays enough and um i totally forgot about that <laughs> <laughs> oh no so right, we're gonna we can to expect a huge backlash what if we adr happy holidays into like and every time we said <laughs> christmas it's just like holiday 
<laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god, I don't have time to do all that. <laughs> well, the government's gonna make you, dude. Come on. Oh man. According to some of my conservative friends, like, <laughs> all right. Merry Christmas, man. Merry Christmas. Happy, happy holidays. holidays. All right, y'all. And we'll see you for the new year. Later. Later.